0: WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Good
1: afternoon, everyone. On this 10th day of May, and we are near the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, which is coming up on May 13th. I'm going to begin my Marian Hour show with my favorite Marian prayer, the Memorare, if you would like to join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection. Implore thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, uh, being that this coming Saturday, May 13th, is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, I thought I would talk about this beautiful set of apparitions, I would call it, um, that took place uh, beginning in 1916 and then primarily in 1917, but even after 1917 with then-sister Lucia. I'll start off by saying that May thirteenth marks an important day in the history of the church in modern times, with our lady's first appearance at Fatima, Portugal, which is is now a feast day. And you know, six years ago, on the hundredth anniversary of the feast of, of that first appearance, Pope Francis he canonized two of those three Fatima seers, Jacinta and Francisco Marto, the youngest saints not martyrs ever to be canonized in the history of the church. And the Vatican announced that soon the third seer, Lucia, who lived on for many years, uh, will be beatified. So we, we hope that Uh, Both her beatification and her canonization will take place very soon. I'll just say something about Lucia, later Sister Lucia. As a child, she was the cousin of both uh, Jacinta and Francisco. Lucia showed signs from a very young age of being a true mystic. And this is an example of uh, this mystical nature of the third seer of Fatima, who would become Sister Lucia. She says that after receiving her first Holy Communion, and I'll quote her here, I felt myself uh, in such a supernatural atmosphere that the presence of our dear Lord became as clearly perceptible to me as if I had seen and heard him in my bodily senses. I then addressed a prayer to our Lord. O Lord, make me a saint. Keep my heart always pure for you alone. And Lucia goes on to say, then it seemed that in the depths of my heart, our Lord spoke distinctly these words to me. The grace granted to you this day will remain living in your soul, producing fruits of eternal life. She says that after this, I lost the taste and attraction for the things of the world and only felt home or only felt at home in some solitary place where all alone i could recall the delights of my first communion so i think clearly this is evidence of uh, this mystical marriage or at least the beginning of it with with little lucia after her first communion think about that as a young child she was about nine years old nine, ten years old at this time, I'm sure. Um, she she says that she lost the taste and attraction for the things of the world. Now, that's quite a statement. It shows a, a very deep and mature spirituality. Um, and I think a deep relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, So, and we know that Lucia went on to become a religious sister and she had many, many mystical revelations uh, even after those initial Fatima apparitions in 1917 in her years as a a religious sister. Now, I'll ask at the outset here, why did Our Lady appear at Fatima? And why have all the modern popes made pilgrimages to Fatima, some even multiple times, like St. John Paul II, to show its ongoing importance? Um, Well, we must answer simply because the world needs, I would say desperately needs, to follow the message given by Our Lady at Fatima. And what is that message? That Our Lady exhorts us to follow well. As numerous popes have taught, the message of Fatima is really nothing other than the Gospel message, which is ever ancient, ever new. It's this: to pray and make sacrifices so that sinners may repent and save their souls. You know that that word repent I just mentioned. You know that was. Uh, Jesus's first word Okay in preaching the gospel He says repent and believe in the gospel. This is how Jesus begins his preaching of the good news Knowing we're all sinners. We all need repentance and We have to pray and make sacrifices in order to follow this gospel message, okay, and uh, we must do so because Uh, We are cooperators in the work of redemption and salvation. We're co-redeemers, all of us, by reason of our baptism. And there's really nothing more important than saving souls. This is why Jesus came to earth to die for every single person on earth. So the message of Fatima, this call to repentance, of ourselves and praying and making sacrifices for the conversion of sinners, well this is simply living out the gospel message. And at Fatima we we remember too that Mary asked us to pray uh, especially the Holy Rosary. I always like to tell people that praying the daily rosary is not an option. It is a command from God. How do we know this? because God sent the Blessed Mother to Fatima with this message, to pray the rosary daily. She told that to the children, but that message was intended to be embraced by all of us as well, all the faithful. We meditate upon the the, uh, conception, the birth, the life, the suffering, death, resurrection, ascension and then with Mary assumption and her queenship when we pray the rosary. So the rosary is is a way of meditating upon the gospel message and the gospel story, the story of salvation. And the Fatima message, as I mentioned at the beginning of my my talk today, um, the Fatima message really begins before Our Lady's first appearance, which was May 13th, 1917. It begins a year beforehand with the appearance of the guardian angel of Portugal appearing to the children in the spring, the summer, and the fall of 1916. The guardian angel is preparing the children for Our Lady's appearances. That's how most theologians view this. And to cultivate in their hearts, in their minds, a knowledge of the need for sacrifices to make reparation for sins, and the need specifically for Eucharistic reparation, and that will be clear as as I explain um, the the angel. Appearing to the children in 1916 in the spring of 1916 the angel Appeared in a cave to the three children Jacinta, Francisco, Lucia who were six seven nine years old respectively and Bowing his forehead to the ground the angel taught them the following prayer of Reparation Here it is my God. I believe I adore I hope and I love you. I ask pardon of you for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. And after saying this three times, he repeated it three times to the, for the children to hear. Uh, he then said, Pray thus the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive. To the voice of your supplications. Another great theme of the Fatima apparitions is uh, they center on the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Well, we see right from the beginning with the words of the the angel, the the prayer that he taught them, and then uh, this exhortation pray, the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. We see right from the beginning the central message or theme of reparation for sins and the conversion of sinners. And again, this, this makes it consistent with the Gospel message. You know, Jesus, repent and believe in the good news, the Gospel. And also that reparation and prayer for the conversion of sinners is to be done through the hearts of Jesus and Mary. That's what is clear in this first angelic appearance or apparition to the three children in the spring of 1916. Well, we move forward in in that same year, the summer of 1916, the angel appeared again while the children were playing near a well in the town of Fatima. And he chastised them for not using their time well and not taking seriously the words That he had spoken to them earlier in the spring. And when when the angel appeared in the summer at the well, as the children were playing, he says, What are you doing? Pray, pray very much. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on you, offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. Well, I'm I'm going to take a little break here. It's we're a third of the way through our Marian Hour, so I'll return in just a couple of minutes after some commercials. Thank you. Steve and Grisano. I think Catholic Radio is so important to the culture of our communities and our church because, really, uh, I know in my own family, we listen to... Catholic Radio in the car with the kids. It brings up things that we can talk about. It allows our faith to be not just a Sunday faith, but an everyday faith, and I think that's so important. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online
2: Hi, this is Mark Curran. Are you in need of a trial lawyer? My career in both law and politics has been spent fighting for the injured and most vulnerable. Faithful Catholics, your problem is that many of the trial lawyers that I have been fighting are on the side of the abortion industry, as well as many other intrinsic evils. Martindale-Hubble, the agency that rates attorneys, has given me the highest rating for both ethics and ability. I'm a former county, state, and federal prosecutor, as well as a three-term sheriff, and I am the host of the program Cross-Examination on WSFI. If you want a trial lawyer with the highest credentials and ability that will not support the evil agenda destroying America, but will support WSFI Catholic Radio, then you can learn more at 847-721-3189 or go to markcurrenlaw.com. Once again, that's 847 847- 721-3189 or go to markcurrenlaw.com
1: This is Fr. Spike Campbell. I'm back for the second segment of the Marian Hour on this Wednesday, May 10th. And because we are celebrating as the Catholic Church uh, the upcoming feast of Our Lady of Fatima, May 13th, the anniversary of Mary's first appearance at Fatima Portugal in 1917, um, I chose to talk about the the Fatima message and the series of of heavenly apparitions that took place. And I, I spoke in the first segment how To prepare for Our Lady's coming in 1917, beginning May 13th, the year previous to that, during the summer, pardon me, during the spring, summer, and fall of 1916, the guardian angel of Portugal appeared to the children to prepare them for the coming of Our Lady. And uh, right before the break, I'll... I'll quote the words once again. The angel appeared to the children in the summer of 1916 as they were playing near a well. And he says to them, What are you doing? Pray, pray very much. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on you, offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. Now, I must admit, even as a Catholic priest, I kind of shudder every time I read these words because the children Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia, you know, they were not doing anything wrong by playing near the well in the summer of 1916, but the angel chastises them. What are you doing? Pray. Pray constantly and make sacrifices constantly to the Most High for the conversion of sinners. And I'm sure this must have weighed upon their minds and hearts as young as they were. Well, it should weigh upon our minds and hearts as well. We should strive to realize our calling as cooperators in the redemption and salvation of souls and to use our time well, not frivolously um, in order to Uh, help with this heavenly effort to prayer and make reparation for the conversion of sinners. The salvation of souls, this is, as I said earlier, this is the, the crux of the gospel message. Well, when the angel said this to the children, you know, pray, pray, pray very much, offer sacrifices, prayers constantly to the Most High. Little Lucia asked the angel well, how are we to make sacrifices? She really didn't know how to do this. And the angel replied, make everything you can a sacrifice and offer it to God as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners. Thus, you will draw down peace Upon your country, above all, accept and bear with submission the suffering which the Lord will send you. So a couple of things here in these, these words of the angel. Okay, um, He speaks of how we can make our lives, everything we do, an ablation, a sacrifice to God the Father, and an act of reparation how it's all in our intentionality okay if we intend to do everything as a sacrifice okay well then we are sanctifying our work our play even okay our leisure whatever we do make everything you can a sacrifice and here i'll just i'll just mention a beautiful prayer the morning offering prayer the Apostleship of prayer promotes this. It was begun by the, the Jesuits back in the uh, mid to late 1800s. Um, oh Jesus, I offer thee all my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. Okay. And I offer it in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Okay. We can live out that morning offering by making everything we do a sacrifice. And an act of reparation for sins by which God is offended. Okay? For the conversion of sinners, too. Okay? Supplicate. We can, in the midst of our daily duties, just offer things up. And doing this for the, for the conversion of sinners, uh, we will never see this side of heaven the fruits of this self-ablation, this constant offering of all that we do as a sacrifice. But in heaven we will. We'll, we'll have people come up to us and thank us for uh, the, the graces that we merited through in and with Christ, of course, the source of grace for their conversion. And then the angel said, accept and bear the su- with submission the suffering which the Lord will send you. Okay, So this was uh, a signal to the children that they were going to suffer. And they better be prepared to suffer. Well, moving forward in 1916 to the fall of that year, the guardian angel of Portugal appeared to them in the hollow of a hill, holding a chalice in his hands with a host above it. Okay, with drops of blood. That were falling from the host into the chalice. Now, if any of you listeners have ever been to to Fatima, this is actually out in the a little distance from the town of Fatima. Uh, this is a shrine. There's a shrine dedicated in in the foothills around there to to this apparition of the angel with um, holding the host above the chalice. And uh, there's a statue of the angel. In this manner and then the children are pictured kneeling down and as I said the the blood was dripping from the host into the chalice and the angel then left the chalice and the host suspended in the air and then got down and prostrated himself on the ground and repeated this prayer three times which was embedded in the minds of Jacinta Francisco and Lucia. Here's the prayer. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages Sacrileges and indifference with which he himself is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. Well, this prayer is so rich, filled with beautiful, deep doctrine, you could say. We learn here that, first of all, Jesus is offended by the sins sacrileges, and indifference toward his body and blood in the eucharist now any sin is a sin against the body and blood of jesus in the eucharist because any sin is against jesus and jesus is the eucharist his full humanity is is there in the eucharist his human body blood and his human soul with his human intellect and human will, I, I would add, okay, and his divinity. Okay? The divine person of Jesus. He's only one person. He's a divine person with two natures. Okay, divine nature, co-eternal with the Father, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, okay. The whole Jesus is there in the Eucharist. So, any sin is against Jesus, because all sin defends God. Jesus is the Son of God. The word "made flesh," and Jesus is offended by sacrileges, okay? and that was mentioned here. Sacrileges. What are sacrileges? Well, um, toward Jesus and the Eucharist. Okay? Well, the I think probably most common sacrilege committed against Jesus and the Eucharist is to have someone receive Holy Communion not in a state of grace. In other words, in a state of mortal sin. Okay? Just a little catechism here. Okay, uh, When we are baptized, we receive a share of God's divine life in our souls. We call that sanctifying grace. The Holy Spirit begins to dwell in us. The Holy Spirit, one with the Father and the Son, that means the Holy Trinity begins to dwell in us. And when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, the Trinity dwells in us, sanctifying grace is there. When sanctifying grace is there, the divine indwelling is present. Okay? That sanctifying grace is also called habitual grace because what habitual means is that it's it's always there once we get it at baptism. But we can lose that grace through a mortal sin. Venial sin doesn't Take us out of a state of grace. Mortal sin does, and what is a mortal sin? A mortal sin, defined simply, is a sin that is serious, of a serious nature, and that's the most common element. But also, it has to be uh, sufficient knowledge that it is a sin, and the third condition: full consent of the will. Okay, we can't be forced to do something. Um, if someone's sleepwalking and does something, they're, they're, they're not knowing it or willing it, okay? Well, as I tell my students when I'm preparing them for first confession, I, I, I have them memorize the commandments and then I go through an example of the commandments with them. Okay, now, um, I'll, t- I'll give you a violation of the commandments. You tell me if it's a venial sin or a mortal sin, okay? So, um, the seventh commandment, Thou shalt not steal. Someone steals a nickel or a dime—mortal sin or venial sin—and they'll say, "Oh, that's a venial sin." I said, "Yes, that's okay." Someone steals a thousand dollars. Well, that's that's serious. That's a mortal sin. And, uh, the fifth commandment: Thou shalt not kill, which also means you know, fighting, striking others in anger, in hatred, whatever. You know, you get in an argument with. You know, you're one of your siblings, you give them a shove, a little shove. Um, and they, well, that's a venial sin. That's what they say. I say okay, now, if someone takes a, a baseball bat and smacks it over the head of another person and splits their skull open, well, that's a mortal sin. Correct, correct. That's a mortal sin. So you can see the difference between mortal sins and venial sins. And then, I always ask them another important question. I say, if you faked a tummy ache on Sunday, your parents were going to church to stay home and play video games, mortal sin or venial sin? And they're taught, which is correct, okay, that's a mortal sin. Yes, to miss Mass through one's own faults uh, is a mortal sin. The Catechism teaches this clearly, okay? It's always been a mortal sin. God expects us to be at Mass on Sunday, and as I always tell people, not only out of a sense of duty, obligation—it is an obligation—but more so, um, because we we should be returning the love that Jesus poured out for us on the cross. Every mass is the perpetuation of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, the representation of that sacrifice. We want to be there and show our love for Jesus. Okay. So anyway, when, if someone receives communion out of a state of grace in a state of mortal sin. Well, that is a sacrilege, okay. That is a greater sin than than the mortal sin that they committed, because you're receiving the body and blood of our Lord unworthily. And as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 11, that whoever receives the body and blood of our Lord unworthily, eats and drinks condemnation on themselves, okay? So we, we don't want to receive communion sacrilegiously. And also the angel in the prayer he taught to the children in the fall of nineteen sixteen, um, indifference toward Jesus in the Eucharist. Okay. And there's great indifference to to our Lord's presence in the Eucharist. If people really believe that it was Jesus there in the Eucharist, the, true, the full Jesus, okay? his divinity, his complete humanity. Well, I'll quote the words of Gandhi. When Catholics once explained to Gandhi, the, the Indian okay, from India, uh, our belief in the Eucharist, Gandhi patiently smiled, uh, listened, and then he responded, Well, I would like to believe what you Catholics believe about Eucharist and Jesus in the Eucharist, but I do not believe you Catholics believe what you say you believe Because if I believe that my Lord and my God were present in the Eucharist, I would crawl on my belly Every day to church to worship and adore him Well, I think those words should strike a chord in all of us That we don't want to show indifference to our Lord uh, try to be present before him and I'll mention here too, um, based upon these words and the appearances of our lady, um, little Francisco when uh, our lady would later tell Francisco and Jacinta that that they weren't long for this world okay uh, that they would be going to heaven soon if they if they prayed a lot okay and Francisco would tell Jacinta and his sister. Uh, His sister Jacinta and his cousin Lucia, you go off to school, I'm going to stay and keep company with Jesus and console him. I'm going to take a little break right now and come back in just a minute or two with the final segment of the Marian Hour today.
2: Hi, this is Mark Curran. Are you in need of a trial lawyer? My career in both law and politics has been spent fighting for the injured and most vulnerable. Martindale-Hubble has given me the highest rating in ethics and ability. If you want a trial lawyer with the highest rating in ethics and ability that will not support the evil agenda destroying America but will support WSFI Catholic Radio, well, you can learn more at 847-721-3189 or go to markcurranlaw.com.
0: Hi, my name is Irene Sharapata. my husband Alex and I are volunteers for WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is our family's source of truthful and trustworthy information regarding the Catholic faith, the church, our religion, and state of the world in these trying times my husband alex and i are greatly rewarded for our volunteer work at wsfi by working with such lovable and like-minded people and by meeting and hearing firsthand some of our, the most respected wise and interesting guest speakers its programmings on healing the whole person has helped so many and is truly inspired by God. This radio station is really a school of Catholic thought and source of wisdom. We have learned so much, and our faith and love for God has increased so much that we hope to share it with everyone we meet. We hope and pray that WSFI 88.5 FM would soon reach the entire Chicagoland population. You too can help WSFI bring millions of souls to God. See how you can support their effort by calling WSFI Catholic Radio at 224-206-8455 or online at wsficatholicradio.org for your donation. Thank you very much, and uh, God bless you.
1: Father Dwight Campbell, back for the third segment of the Marian Hour today, May 10th. Uh, I've been talking about the upcoming Feast of Our Lady of Fatima on the Saturday, May thirteenth, and giving a little background. But first, I'm, I'm going to say a couple of things. Uh, I just uh, I want to get a couple of things in before I, I talk about uh, more on the Fatima message. Um, I, I'm going to ask everyone to pray for for a lady in my parish. Uh, she's near the end of her life, uh, struggling with cancer, and um, her name is Maida. Um, uh, Actually, her given baptismal name, Magdalene. She goes by Mita Slobodnik. Uh, Please say a prayer for her as as she um, approaches the end of her her life here, that she can do so with great peace and resignation. And also, I want to put in a plug about um, our upcoming Sports Faith Hall of Fame. It's the 15th annual Sports Faith Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, uh, which is going to be held Saturday, May twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, in Lincolnshire, at the Marriott there, and at this uh, awards banquet, uh, Bishop Thomas Papaki will be awarded the Fulton J Sheen Award for his heroic. Uh, witness to uh, defense of the faith, and other awards will be given to other individuals, uh, many who, uh, sports individuals uh, who have shown, exhibited their faith uh, in the midst of uh, the different sports which they play, and I'll just mention that uh, you know you can. Uh, contact the WSFI Studios um, at 224-206-8455 and purchase your tickets or go online at um, at WSFI um, 88.5 FM 7.50 AM Catholic Radio and purchase tickets uh, it, it'll be a wonderful event and uh, there are uh, many opportunities to um, have different uh, uh, amount numbers of people at tables and even a, um, a champagne and hors d'oeuvres reception beforehand. Again, uh, call 2242068455 or you can go online. Here's the, the, the website info INFO at WSFI radio.org. Okay. Info at WSFI radio.org. We'd like to get a couple of hundred people there. We we're not quite there yet, so uh please support the radio station. This is a, a great way to support WSFI and Catholic programming. Uh this upcoming uh, awards event on Saturday evening May 27th at the Marriott in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Anyway, back to the third appearance of the angel. the angel uh, guardian angel of Fatima, Portugal appeared to the children, Jacinta Francisco. Saints, Jacinta and Francisco, I should say. they are saints right now, canonized by Pope uh, Francis back in 217, hundredth anniversary of the Fatima apparition, apparitions uh, of Our Lady and um, the angel appeared to them three times in 1916 to prepare them for the coming of our lady in the spring the the summer and the fall and in the fall of 216 uh, the angel appeared to them out in in the fields away from fatima holding a chalice with a host above it blood dripping from the chalice into the host he left the host and chalice suspended in midair went down taught the children a prayer which he said three times. I'll say it again, most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he himself is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. So this prayer is so filled with with good doctrine, and um, as I was saying before, uh, we we took a little break. Uh, Jesus is offended by the the outrages, uh, sacrileges, especially receiving Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin, indifference toward His body and blood in in, in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, and we we don't want to show indifference to our Lord. We we want to try to be present to him as he is always yearning for um, our presence before him in order that he may inundate us with his graces, okay? Uh, this, this prayer which the, the angel taught to the children also uh, teaches us uh, that reparation to Jesus and to the Triune God for these offenses, these sins, sacrilegious indifferences, okay, should be offered through reception of the Eucharist of Holy Communion. Okay? And these things are, are something we can really consider in this uh, time of, of rediscovering the Eucharist that our bishops have called for in our nation in these next couple of years. and you know, to have um, a greater and to show a greater love and devotion to Jesus in the Eucharist, to always make sure we're in, we're in a state of grace when receiving His body and blood, and to receive um, his his body and blood in reparation to Jesus and to the Triune God for these offenses. I mean we we can do that you know intentionally. and And finally, um, this prayer that the angel taught to the children shows that reparation for these sins and obtaining grace for the conversion of sinners is accomplished through the merits of the hearts of Jesus and Mary. And that's the end of that prayer the angel taught to them. We do all this. uh, we, We receive Holy Communion and reparation for sins, sacrilegious indifference, through the infinite merits of the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and we beg the conversion of poor sinners. Okay? So this is all done through the hearts of Jesus and Mary, or we could say more theologically precise, through the heart of Mary to the heart of Jesus, okay? And then through his heart to the Trinity, because this this prayer encompasses Uh, that idea of making reparation to the very Trinity itself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, uh, you could say this third apparition of the angel may be viewed as a communion of reparation offered through the hearts of Jesus and Mary. And if we take these three angelic appearances as a whole, we see that at the very onset of the Fatima message, because this is part of the Fatima message, it's a prelude to Our Lady's messages, okay, in 1916, these three appearances to the children, spring, summer, and fall, okay, um, that um, the hearts of Jesus and Mary take a central place, with a call for reparation and conversion being made through their hearts. Well, you know we're we're getting near the end of our Marian hour, but I'm I'm going to continue this uh, in two weeks to talk about the messages of Our Lady. But I'll begin talking today about that first appearance of Our Lady for for about five minutes here, uh, because this is the feast we celebrate this coming Saturday, May 13th, the first of Our Lady's appearances at Fatima, and this was at the Covadonga, a large natural hollow. Ha- um, in, of the, in the ground, okay, outside the village of Fatima, Portugal. And the first of, of six appearances by Our Lady, once a month from May to October to uh, Lucia and then Saints now, just said to San Francisco, each time Mary appeared to them, uh, she exhorted them to pray the Rosary daily, to convert sinners to obtain peace, and to make sacrifices for that same purpose in reparation for sins also committed against our Lord and against Mary's Immaculate Heart. Okay? Um, so that first apparition of Our Lady is, is important because we see uh, the Rosary as, as um, part and parcel of, of the Fatima message For conversion of sinners okay Um, our lady exhorting the children and through them all of us to pray that rosary daily okay every day she said pray the rosary okay and she had to teach them how to pray it because uh you know the, the sister lucia in her memoirs says that they they did pray the rosary these little children but they they did it their own way they were accustomed to praying the rosary uh, just uh, to, uh, you could say a fast form of it that wasn't really the rosary per se, but they would, uh, you know, say Our Father and then they say Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary ten times. And they'd get done with the rosary very quickly so that they could, you know, have their lunch, play little games, and Our Lady had to teach them. No, you know, this is this is a prayer where you have to pray it. Uh, you know, the... The Hail Mary's the full Hail Mary's ten times and the our father the glory be okay you we want to do this um, you know fully and devoutly with all your mind and heart and, and to meditate upon the mysteries so Mary uh, had to teach the children to do this and well they became great great uh, mystics and prayers prayers of uh, that Holy Rosary okay and the first of those six appearances of our lady you know stressing that the rosary be prayed every day and we should we should really take that to heart as we approach this great feast coming up this saturday we want to pray that rosary every day and i when when people tell me that they struggle doing that i I'll often say well you know how much time do you spend on social media every day okay Most people today, oh my gosh, they're spending much more time than a 15-minute rosary. You can pray the rosary in 15 minutes, okay? Um, Maybe 20 if you prayed a little more slowly, but, you know, 15 minutes, most people can get through the rosary in about 15 minutes, Uh, 15 to 20, I would say. Well, you know, if you compare that to how much time we spend on social media, especially by television, uh, talking on the phone, uh, doing other things, it's a matter of prioritizing our prayer life. And if we make it a priority and and um, set a time to do it, that's important too. Because you can't wait till the end of the day to pray the Rosary because you'll be too tired. Okay, to pray in general. Okay, but especially praying the Rosary, uh, we we have to set a time. I and I tell people as a priest, I have to set a time to pray because if i don't set a time to pray in the morning, afternoon, uh, evening if i don't set have set times for prayer uh, well guess what happens at the end of the day i haven't prayed and then i'm too tired to pray especially a prayer like the rosary where we we want to have attentiveness okay uh, be attentive in our in our in our minds to be able to meditate fruitfully on the mysteries Of our Lord, and I tell people, you know, don't don't pray the Rosary lying in bed. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't you know talk to anyone lying in bed. uh, On your knees, um, with a with a good posture, and and try to pray that Rosary from the heart. Ask your guardian angel to help you focus your mind, your heart on those mysteries. I'll I'll end by uh, a quick a quick. Uh, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And May Almighty God bless you through the intercession of the sorrowful and the immaculate heart of Mary, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll continue with the Fatima of a message with Our Lady in uh, two weeks. Thank you.